minutes after 6 a.m. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
אלוקיי קראתי אליך, הגשר עוד נוצר, איך אוכל בלעדיך לעבור, לחצות, איך אוכל זאת לעשות, אני יודע שאוזניך קשובות, עד יעבור זעמך מוכן. ZANG <laughs> על פי הטבע וההיגיון, בזמן עבדנו לולא רחמך, נתן תחת נפיך מחסה, ולמעננו נס אלוקיי קראתי אליך ומאדם אם לא עפר ולך כל המלוכה ומפוצותינו תקבץ ואביאנו אל הארץ אשר אתה Thank <laughs> you. 
Menschen frei. in the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. It's a Monday as we head back to school and back to work on this November the 9th, day 27 in the month of Mara Cheshvan, the year 5776, Tuf Vov. And what a tough Shanayan Vov it will be. 44 degrees outside. It's pretty chilly out there. 44 with 71% humidity. Winds are west at 4 miles an hour. Mostly sunny. High 62. Tonight showers later on with a low of 53. Showers tomorrow. A high temperature. 61 degrees. Raining in Yerushalayim, thank God, with 58 degrees. We're at 44 here in Jersey City as we say good morning. 
at JM in the AM. Nitan El Hershdik, the great cantor with Am Yisrael Chai. Min HaMetzar, that's a single by God Elbaz. Odeh, brand new from Yoni Z. Eliyahu, Sheves Chaverim, volume number two. Avramel, Avram Freib, the brand new single, Reboin. Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masecha Hashem. And from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM in the AM at 27 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning, all. Thanks for tuning in, no matter where you are around the world. JMTheAM.org, the NSN app, gives you an opportunity to hear everything clearly anywhere on this planet. A special hello to those who attended the Shabbat Arad in Parsippany, New Jersey. It was a pleasure to be there Saturday night and see an amazing crowd and really a tremendous amount of support for what's happening in the Negev, which is such an incredible, uh, such an incredible movement. A decades-long movement that has been so key so far for the development and the furtherance of uh, of a residency in the state of Israel. And uh, it just keeps going. It's a movement that keeps on moving, keeps on going. Uh, it was really nice being there in a big Yeshikoch. Everybody put together a wonderful program. On uh, Sunday, yesterday, I had the pleasure of being at the Achiezer Elder Care Plus um, uh, gathering conference, uh, vendors, seminars, they had everything there. It was, we did a great web show, got a lot of guests on, really got a lot of guests on. And I want to thank, uh, Ahuva and Shuli Woolman. They're responsible for the, uh, webcast taking place in memory of Shuli's father. So I thank their family. And, um, it was just a, uh, a wonderful, a wonderful day in Queens yesterday at the Elder Care Plus, uh, Show A lot of people getting a lot of very important information, met a lot of important um, uh, people in the field of health care. Uh, it was really a nice, um, it was really a nice gathering, I must say. And uh, one of the highlights was, uh, I mean, there were a lot of highlights, frankly. But Rabbi Yaakov Bender, the director of uh, Achiezer, Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender's father, was with us on the show and uh, really gave us tremendous, a tremendous boost, a some great words about um, what the show accomplishes on a regular basis. So it was really, it was really nice. So thank you to Matis for doing a live JM Sunday yesterday, as he always does. I thank him for having me on the air to discuss the special live remote. Uh, again, thank you to Achiezer. We were there between one and three yesterday. It was for a really great uh, program, uh, which is available by the way on the website if you want to see the whole thing at NachumSiegel.com. And um, it was really. Uh, it was really a great day out there in Queens. 24 minutes before 7 o'clock, JM in the AM Monday, by Rothberger from Calvary Hospital is going to join us. They have their big Safer Torah event coming up later this week. We'll speak about that. He'll be with us uh, oh, about uh, 7.30-ish or so. And um, Jay Booksbaum has promised to bring in an interesting guest. When Jay brings in an interesting guest, it means somebody who's in the in the field of a kosher wine and doing something interesting or with an interesting background, and Jay has promised that today's guest is going to be just that. The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is going to air starting at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time on the stream at jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. So get ready for that right after JM in the AM. It's a Monday morning broadcast continuing with more. Brand new from Svi Silberstein. I 
Lai 
Simcha Liner with Nigun HaChachma here at JMNAM off of SL2. Before that, a single from an artist called Jew 2, J-E-W and the number 2, with Am Yisrael Chai. Natanel Hirschig with Havdalah off of the brand new Art of the Cantor CD. Yair Wasserman, young man from Bergen County with La Yehudim. V'yatzmach, Tzvi Silberstein with a brand new single here at JMNAM. Monday morning as we head back to school and back to work. We have some uh, big, important information coming up toward the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned here to JM in the AM. We'll also welcome some great guests into our studio this morning. 44 degrees, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 62. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 
Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. I want to thank those who are tuned in on the web, who are listening on the NSN app, who appreciate really good, clear reception, <laughs> and make sure to tune in on their phone when possible or on their iPad, or whatever the case may be. It is highly recommended that everybody out there do that, in addition to tuning into the radio whenever possible. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next on a Monday at JMN. Galay Tzal, Shash Time, Khan Shubel Karmi Mansour, Imasha Koreach Shab. Hatsafot Bashkelon, Esrot Milimitrim, Shelgeshem Yerdoa Boker Bair Tochzman Katsar, Batimur Echovot, Hutsfuk, Vishahat Karas, Vegam Betacholim Barzilai, Hutsaf. יעל ואושרת מאשקלון שוחחו עם יעל דן. המים מגיעים עד לגובה של ידית הדלת. לא ניתן להיכנס, אנחנו עדיין נצורים מחוץ לבית. ברחוב משייטות פה סירות גומי. הבית מוצף, מוצף, הגיע למקרר, לתנור, למכונת כביסה. חגיגה, כמו שאומרים. כן. ונסיעה קטנה. בעקבות ההצפות הופסקה הפעילות שאינה דחופה בבית החולים ברזילי. בגל"צ שמענו את ראש העיר איתמר שמעוני ואת סגן מנהל בית החולים, הדוקטור רון לובל. בית החולים מוצף, למעשה לא היה מחלקה אחת שלא סבלו מזרימה של מים. זה היה מספיק כדי לעכב את הפעילות של בית החולים למשך שעה. אני ברגעים אלו מעביר מכתב גם לשר התשתיות, לשר הפנים. כדי שיבינו שקרה פה דבר שלא קרה פה עשרות שנים. העיר לא מוכנה לדבר הזה ונגרמו פה נזקים של עשרות מיליונים. סמל ראשון בנימין יעקבוביץ', לוחם מג"ב שמת אתמול מפצעיו אחרי שנפצע אנושות בפיגוע הדריסה ליד חלחול בשבוע שעבר, יובל עם נוחות הערב בשש בקריית עתה. כתבנו קובי מנדל שוחח עם סבו, מיכאל. צבי טוקר הסיור, הצבי אופר. ריבונק, נוק נש, עתין איזנוקו, צבי יעקבוביץ'י. הפרח פרח ונפל, איפה שבני משפחתנו גרו, הם נלחמו על מדינתם, כך הסב מיכאל יעקובוביץ'. שר האוצר משה כחלון אומר שיאבק בעסקת מכירת גולן טלקום לסלקום, הנה קטע מדבריו בוועידת כלכליסט באשדוד. לא נאפשר את המכירה הזאת, נעשה הכל כדי למנוע את זה. וכשעשינו את הרפורמה בסלולר, נתנו את התדרים לטובת הציבור, לא כדי שיעשה סיבוב. ועל הרקע הזה... אנחנו ניאבק ואנחנו מקבלים מכתבים שאין לנו סמכות, יש לנו סמכות, זה נכס של המדינה. מהומה בוועדת הכספים של הכנסת במהלך ההצבעות על התקציב התפרצו לאולם הוועדה עשרות מראשי הרשויות ששובתות היום בדרישה להוציא אל הפועל את מפת הטבות המס שהוקפאה. ראש עיריית צפת, אילן שוחט, אמר שהם דורשים להצביע על מתווה ההטבות עוד לפני ההצבעה על התקציב. אתם קוראים לעצמכם חברתיים, תהיו אמיצים, תגידו לא מצביעים על תקציב המדינה עד שלא עוברות ההטבות מס במתווה הזה. התושבים, הגיע להם עד פה. מאות חקלאים מפגינים כעת בגן הוורדים מול הכנסת אחרי שעשו דרכם לירושלים בשיירה של כמאה טרקטורים. כתבתנו קוראל יעקבי מוסרת שהם השליכו עגבניות ותוצרת חקלאית נוספת וקראו אין מדינה בלי חקלאות. 
מזג האוויר, גשם מקומי ימשיך לרדת מהצפון ועד לנגב, מלווה בסופות רעמים, ולסיום, אחרי רצף הכישלונות, גיא גודס פוטר ממכבי תל אביב בכדורסל. כתבנו שמואל מוניץ. למחרת ההפסד הביתי למכבי אשדוד, הודיע מכבי תל אביב כי החליטה להיפרד מגודס. בהודעה הרשמית נכתב כי לאחר מחשבה רבה ולבטים קשים, התקיימה היום פגישה עם גודס, בה הוחלט כי יש לעשות שינוי וכי גיא לא ימשיך לאמן את הקבוצה. עוזר המאמן אבי אבן יחליף את גודס באופן זמני עד שימונה מאמן קבוע. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
Morning, JM in the AM. A big Monday here at JM in the AM. Yaakov Shweki with Tfilat Kala. We're going to dedicate that to uh, last night's Kala to uh, Jordana Bienenfeld. That's right. Not only did I hear it was a great wedding, but I, uh, when I got home last night, I was able to uh, actually see some of the videos and pictures from the wedding. It's unbelievable. <laughs> How instant this world is. Uh, Jordana Bienenfeld, Alon Malin. They were married last evening. A special Mazda to the Malin family. An extra special Mazda to the Bienenfeld family. Cheryl and Jay and the entire family. We go way, way back. And uh, the big wedding took place last night in Brooklyn, New York. Jordana and Alon. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, anybody who uh, has spent the last, uh, oh, I don't know how many years at Camp Misora, I'm sure you join me in wishing a very, very big mazel tov to uh, George and Alone from all of us here at JM and the AIM as well. On the next live edition of the Israel Show, Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock this morning on jmtheaim.org and uh, on the NSN app, two professors from Harvard and University of Chicago publicly joined a boycott of Israel, writing in the Washington Post, quote, we are lifelong Zionists. Here's why we've chosen to boycott Israel. The Israel Show will examine their claims and answer their attacks. The debate continues. Should Israeli athletes compete in international sporting events when forced to hide their identity as Israelis? The Israel Show will do a follow-up on this story. Plus, the music mix will include a lot of great just-released Israeli music. All this and more. Tune in right after JM in the AM. <clears throat> Don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com. Slash the Israel Show. It's all coming up at 9 o'clock with Mayor Weingarten right after JM in the AM this morning. All right. 12 minutes after 7 o'clock, 44 degrees, mostly sunny, a high of 62. Yeshiva League Sports update tomorrow morning. Elliot Weiselberg, who has spent some time on the road, really getting together the information for the sports report. He'll be with us tomorrow morning, 720, right here at JM in the AM. Yo <laughs> 
Sam and the AM with Eighth Day off of their uh, Celebrate CD. Uh, well, actually, off of Inner Flame, to be more accurate. That's Inner Flame. I don't know why I listed that improperly on the uh, playlist, but we'll certainly take care of that right now. Uh, before that, you heard the um, a selection by Yehuda Green, Kulambaleva Chad. That's actually a good theme for what I'm about to discuss here on the air. Benny Friedman before that with Rock Biacha. J.M. and the A.M. on a Monday with 44 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high temperature of 62. Great guests coming up later on in the show. Speak to Rabbi Rothberger from Calvary Hospital. He's going to be stopping by. They have a big event this week. And Jay Booksbaum is coming by with another amazing uh, um, vineyard and wine tale of the last, oh, I don't know how many generations. He'll tell us. He's got a special guest he's going to be dropping by with later on during this show. You know, I said earlier we have a big announcement this morning, and we certainly do. We have a big announcement, we have an exciting announcement. We have a historic announcement as far as I'm concerned. And um, what a way for us to wake up on a Monday morning, knowing that we have this incredible piece of information that we've been working on for so long to share with this incredible audience. Such a loyal and excited audience when it comes to uh, wonderful initiatives and when it comes to um, doing things that are meaningful in the Jewish world, I'm proud to say the least that uh, this radio show and the Nachum Siegel Network in general has been connecting communities for a very, very long time, for decades. Uh, first in this area, obviously, New York, New Jersey. That's how we started. And um, certainly since then, since the start, we have had a, a great success in uh, building close relationships and focusing on communities that are outside of this area, especially those in the United States and Israel. And we've been doing that for decades, and we continue to do that as we try to link everybody together and make sure that those of us who are here keep those in mind who are there, wherever there may be. There is a concept, an idea... Uh, that has come to fruition. It's an idea that's been brewing for months, something that uh, Miriam L. Wallach and I have been uh, first proposing and then speaking about and then tossing around and then banding about and then finally putting the uh, putting the idea into place and then getting it in motion. And now we are getting very close to a time when everybody in this audience will share in the excitement and will share in the unified effort that we have gone ahead and and arranged for the week of Hanukkah 5776. Today is a day that we are reaffirming our decades-long commitment to Jewish unity. And... The reason it's so exciting is because we're going to utilize two very important things to us. Number one, our radio shows, because we're going to be uh, incorporating our radio shows into this effort to the nth degree. And Jewish music, because we're going to be incorporating Jewish music into this effort to the nth degree. On the holiday of Hanukkah 5776... JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network will be heading to Paris, France. We'll be heading to Paris, France with a tremendously strong message of Jewish unity 
for our brothers and sisters in Paris. We'll be heading there with a with an effort to link together essentially three continents. Ours here in the United States, obviously our brothers and sisters in the state of Israel, and of course with this initiative, our brothers and sisters in Paris. And we'll be broadcasting from there, as we've done in the past in different places, so that we could be there on the spot and relate to everybody in this audience globally what it's like there in Paris and how amazing Jewish life is and how important it is to celebrate Jewish life wherever it may be and to remind everybody there that there are people even thousands of miles away that constantly and consistently keep them in mind. But the centerpiece of this visit, the centerpiece of this trip, of this journey, of this mission, is going to be what I call a massive Jewish music concert, a gathering that's going to be taking place in the Grand Synagogue of Paris, the Grand Synagogue built in 1874, the Grand Synagogue, the centerpiece of some of the most important, some of the most famous, some of the most infamous episodes in European Jewish history. And in that synagogue, we'll be broadcasting, and in that synagogue, on the fourth night of Hanukkah, that Wednesday evening, we'll be gathered in celebration with our brothers and sisters of Paris, France, to celebrate Jewish life and to bring the message that Jews around the world are connected, that Jews around the world feel a kinship, a brotherhood and sisterhood, that we, only we, through these airwaves and through these efforts, can go ahead and emphasize. The concert, the presentation, the gathering, the celebration is entitled Let There Be Light, the Concert of Jewish Unity, happening at La Victoire, the Grand Synagogue of Paris, built in 1874, a Hanukkah celebration like none other. We'll be presenting it. This mission, this message is so vital and so important, one that we've harped on for decades here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, and one that we're going to be bringing to the European continent during the Festival of Lights. There'll be so many more details coming, coming out about our journey and what we plan on doing on the radio, off the air, and of course in that beautiful sanctuary at the Grand Synagogue of Paris. And we'll speak so much more about this as we continue to emphasize how important it is to be there with our brothers and sisters in a unified effort. At this time, I take this opportunity to thank Miriam L. Wallach, who has been working tirelessly to get this project in motion, to get it off the ground, and to get it to this point. And we're going to be moving ahead at record speed to make sure it's a fabulous evening on the 9th of December and great radio shows surrounded from Paris, France. In addition, I take this opportunity to thank Sam Levy, who has become the official Nahum Siegel Network translator. He has been so dedicated to this project, not just in his availability to translate from English to French and vice versa, but he's been enthusiastic as somebody who's familiar with the French Jewish community about just what kind of incredible show of love this will be for the people in the Parisian Jewish community. And I take this opportunity, because they have been so cooperative, to thank those at the Consistoire, 
I know I pronounced it incorrectly, but nonetheless, I thank those at the Consistoire, those who are uh, essentially, I guess for us, it would be considered the the Jewish Council of uh, France, and President Joël Mergui, and Claudine, who has been such an amazing help and has been such a great guide in this project, for their enthusiasm, for their uh, incredible uh, welcoming atmosphere that they have created for us, and we look forward to celebrating with them this coming Hanukkah. Yes, for us, this is a historic and a uh, and uh, an incredible mission, an incredible journey, and one that I believe will have an incredible effect on the Jewish world everywhere. JM and the AM on this Monday, as we continue with Rabbi David Goldwasser, his words, Echonishmas, are of Zebner Yosef Halevi and Esther Basar Yosef Halevi. In addition, I wanted to mention that today is the yard site of the great Sam Halpern, somebody who a lot of people in this audience knew. Today is his second yard site. We dedicate these words to Shmar Yahu Ben Mordechai Dov as well. Rabbi David Goldwasser, here he is with Morning Chizuk. The great Rav Shmilk of Nicholsburg offers supportive guidance in our efforts to do tshuva. He compares the exertion of a person who is carrying a heavy bundle from one place to another. After a while, he's exhausted and resolves that he can only carry it a little bit further to the trees that he sees in front of him. Having made that decision, the load already feels lighter. Once he reaches the tree, he feels he can walk a little further, another hundred feet. He sets for himself targets that are not too far, and ultimately he can reach his destination. Similarly, when the Pasuk says, Shuva Yisrael, return Yisrael to Hashem, it implies slow progress in Avodos Hashem, from one stage to the next. Every individual knows his own weaknesses and his own strengths. We have to tap into our own attributes in order to understand our potential and make strides in our spiritual growth. Dovid HaMelech in Tehillim Parak says one thing I ask of Hashem. It's explained as the Sahara wages war against man. It tries to cause an individual to sin. The individual wants to prevail against the Sahara. So David HaMelech says, one should merely undertake one thing. One should make one small resolution that he will be able to stand by and continue to do throughout the year. Then he'll be victorious in his battle against the Sahara. A person who makes a good Kabbalah has done something that is unreal. The Chidush Yarim notes that when a person undertakes to do one mitzvah regularly, that mitzvah will be the one that will tip the scale in his merit. A Bacha once came to the Mashkiach of the Chevron Yeshiva, Hagoin Reb Yehuda Leib Chasman. He asked exactly which Kabbalah he should be able to accept upon himself during the Yom Naroim. Rebleib answered him, he should go outside and think about some small act that he could fulfill for the entire year. Even though it would be something small, he said, since it would be done regularly, it would be very significant. The young man went out and soon returned to report to the Goyim. When the Mashkiach heard what he had resolved, he suggested that he should only do half of it, but he should make sure to do so under all circumstances. 
He noted that it was more important to make a resolution that one will definitely be able to sustain than to resolve to do something that he would be unable to complete. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. at Jimmy Lowy with Pen Pen. Yes, today we've reaffirmed our decades-long commitment to Jewish unity. We are taking our message of Jewish unity to Europe. If you missed the big announcement, it was about 15 minutes ago. We'll speak plenty more about it between now and, of course, in the holiday of Hanukkah at J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning at 19 minutes before the hour. Well, Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger is here in our studio. He is the Jewish community liaison at Calvary Hospital. Many of you, I'm sure, in the audience have heard of Calvary Hospital, and I'm sure many of you have been unaware until now that Calvary Hospital is a uh, a great resource for so many different communities, including our community. It is an amazing place with its own uh, uh, unique, uh, or with many different uh, um, many different services that other hospitals are not able to offer. And they have reached out over the last few years to our community, and our community has responded with great thanks. Now, I speak from personal experience because Rabbi Rothberger and I go back to a time just a few months ago uh, when my mother was uh, was suffering and and was actually sent to Calvary Hospital because we thought that would be the that would be the best place for the exact uh, for the exact treatment that she needed. And of course, as we know, uh, God had other plans. Uh, but they completely uh, uh, stepped in and dealt with our family in the most caring and loving way. And this week, there is a special sacred Torah scroll dedication that's going to be happening at the 92nd Street Y. And we'll talk more about that and plenty more with Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger. A pleasure and an honor to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you for having me. Um, let's start with the basics. What is the mission of Calvary Hospital? What have they been doing all these years? Why are they so well-known, especially in the New York, New Jersey area? Well, Calvary's mission is a place where life continues. And for over since 1899, when they opened, the whole mission of Calvary is to basically take patients who are suffering with diseases, uh, terminal diseases, cancer, not just cancer, but it could be any type of terminal illness, and to help, if we can treat the symptoms, we try to treat them. So we try to do whatever we can, and if treatment is not viable for the patient, then we switch to palliative care. We will just cure this, you know, not cure the patient, but help treat the symptoms so that they will be able to be comfortable and not be suffering. And they do this very well. <laughs> they have an incredible staff that's very dedicated. And the first point that you make I really would like to emphasize, and that is, uh, as we had in our situation, uh, the first thing they do, because, again, there are impressions out there about what Calvary is all about, first thing they do is try to solve the problem, try to use your expertise, and you do have departments that have expertise that other hospitals do not have, to actually treat and best solve whatever the medical situation is. Absolutely. You know, for example, uh, when when uh, when your mother came in, it was originally for wound care. Right. So one of the things that 
with he, the reputation from New York's best hospitals that yours was the best long-term wound care unit in New York. Absolutely. That is how they described it. And the wound care clinic is not that old. I believe it opened in about 2004. And um, the wound care clinic, patients come from all over. Uh, Dr. Alvarez runs the wound care clinic, and Dr. Parker is the medical director in the wound care clinic. And people have been coming, you know, for curative also, right. and sometimes palliative wound care. But um, And you have people who walk in on a daily basis. I mean, absolutely. Literally ambulatory wound care, where they're coming in constantly and being treated, and they go back home. Absolutely. Yeah. So they come, and they have follow-up appointments if they need, and uh, they're in and out. Imagine I'm sitting in one, New York, one of New York's you know best-known hospitals on Medical Mile over there, and they're sitting with me discussing you know options, what, what we could do. And they say to me, you got to go to the best wound care facility in New York, and I'm waiting for, you know, one of the names I'm familiar with. And they say Calvary Hospital in the Bronx. And, you know, I was, I was a bit surprised. But then, of course, within a couple of days after my own investigation, it was obvious that, uh, that in that area, you guys are spectacular, so. Well, people, people have a misconception. They think that, you know, Calvary is it. Right. For. That it's over. That it's over. That there's nothing left to be done. I would say for about 80%, 85% of the patients that do come there, this is usually the last stop on the train. However, there is a good percentage of patients that are discharged. About 15 to 20% of the patients are discharged either home that we're able to restore them, to stabilize them, and they're able to continue whatever type of life they have, either they go home on a home hospice program or a home care program, or they're discharged to a long-term facility for a nursing home. Right. Others with the wound care, they go home and hopefully are able to continue their lives. Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger is here, Jewish Community Liaison, Calvary Hospital up in the Bronx. Uh, for those of you who are curious where it is, if you're familiar with uh, Montefiore or with Einstein, it's all right there. Uh, basically across the street from each other. Uh, we'll talk about the event coming up Wednesday, and I know it's a very special event, um, and we'll do that in a moment. But at some point, um, Calvary Hospital must have made a concerted effort to reach out to other communities because it is amazing um, just how many people are taking advantage of your service from our community. They know about it. They've gotten used to the idea, so to speak, and they are now, you know, as you know, they're they're there you know, getting the services necessary for their family member. And one of the one of the unique mis and one of the biggest mis misconceptions about Calvary is people say you're a hospice, and the truth is we're not. We are an acute palliative care hospital, so we're able to do more things for people to keep them longer, to sustain right. them, and to help them get a quality of life. And also, they also believe also in Kedusha Sachaim and the sanctity of life as well. Right. That life is precious. Every moment is precious. And uh, that's one thing that Calvary does. It, it was about three years ago that um, Yeshiva University approached Calvary Hospital wanting to create a relationship, a collaboration. And uh, we have four of the Russia Yeshiva, Rav Herschel Schachter, Rav Mordechai Willig, Rav Yaakov Neuberger, and Rav Moshe Tendler, who are available to answer Shaila's questions that people might have in terms of end-of-life issues. And people are welcome to take advantage of that service. And if they feel that they want to contact their own rabbis, their own community rabbanim, they are welcome to do so as well. Uh, our executive medical director, Dr. Michael Brescia, who is the force behind this entire initiative, um, 
he would say, of course the rabbis are welcome in the terms of medical care. We can't practice without them. They are part right. of the medical team. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. So any medical decision that requires rabbinic question, we won't do anything unless the rabbi is consulted. Yeah. See, that's why your that. role, and I saw it with my own eyes, is so different than, in other, than, than what a chaplain or a Jewish liaison would be in other hospitals. Because, frankly... In a lot of other places, the, the, you know, the spiritual or religious part of the family, that part of the equation is, I wouldn't say ignored or even disrespected, but somewhat, you know, it, it works on a parallel basis. It's somewhere there on the side as everything else is going on. In, in this case, in, in where you are, it seems like it's just part and parcel. Just like a doctor might visit the patient a few times a day, and in your place, I can tell you, they do visit a few times a day compared to other hospitals. <laughs> but in addition to that, you know, someone like yourself is also involved with the doctors in this whole process. And hey, for our community, you know how important that is. Absolutely. You know, when the doctors need us, you know, we had we have had patients from Eretz Israel who came right. came I to saw us, it there, huh? and uh, you know, we 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 uh, I learned a lot of uh, medical terminology in Hebrew. This <laughs> past summer and we were able to communicate for families that were not able to communicate Um, you know we also now have uh, relationships with uh, RCCS and uh, 24-7 and patients from the Hasidic community are coming to us also so we're continually um, expanding our our reach and the truth is the hospital also made a very concerted effort uh, over the last two and a half years uh, you know, you need a person like Dr. Brescia to take a tub room that was totally renovated, brand new, to say we're knocking this out to build you a Beaker Cholim room. And the um, and a beautiful Beaker Cholim room. The uh, the Beaker Cholim room was built. Uh, we had a ribbon cutting. It was almost. It's going to be about two years. Uh, it opened a year ago, two, just about a year and a half ago. Two years ago it was opened. No, it was a year ago. It was opened up uh, before Rosh Hashanah, and. Just as a, a family came in to spend Rosh Hashanah with us, they were with us through sukkahs. Uh, we do have a sukkah on premises, and I remember they told me that that patient, the last meal that the patient had with her mother was at the Calvary sukkah. And uh, people have been now coming this year to I got a call. Somebody called me from the community, and they wanted to use our sukkah. So we have that accommodation. The Pelham Parkway Eruv was expanded. Right. So now families can carry. Uh, the building is also very Shabbos friendly that we don't have any electronic doors. And um, we also built a Shabbos lounge where families can sleep over. Uh, and if they need places to stay over Shabbos, we arranged that families could sleep over 24-7 by us anyway. Uh, the other thing is um, we took into account that all the... Hand sanitizers, even in the hospital, are battery-operated with right. the exception of the one outside the Shabbos room and in the Bika Cholim room. <laughs> so every consideration for a Shoma Shabbos family was taken into consideration upon the building of the Bika Cholim room and the Shabbos hospitality. No so, question about it. Uh, Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger, Jewish Community Liaison at Calvary Hospital, is here. By the way, before we talk about the event... Uh, th- there's something I-, I alluded to it when I talked about the doctors coming in, you know, often. You being there often, again, not a norm in a lot of places. And I've, you know, I've done my tour of hospitals over the last many years. Uh, so I speak with some uh, authority, some knowledge. Um, but I have to single out, and I would feel, I would feel, feel terrible if I wouldn't, uh, Dr. Alma Carrington, who was responsible for my mother's, uh, uh case or her, uh, uh, ordeal. And, um, the bedside manner, and I said this at my mother's funeral. 
every single person who is in the healthcare industry, especially those who are nurses and doctors and PAs and those who deal directly with patients, should spend one day with her, in my opinion, up at Calvary. You'd probably welcome it, right, if a group of students... Anytime. Early, they come always. And- just watching her. Not saying a word to her. Just watching her deal with patients and their families. And you know I'm not exaggerating. Absolutely People out there, not. I'm sure, are rolling their eyes like, come on, you know, sounds cliche-ish. But it is. it would be important. And rabbis as well, I think should walk around with her and just see how she deals with patients and their families. You know, these are the people that uh, that you need to be most loving and caring. And again, not, I'm not putting down the whole medical industry. Obviously, there are exceptions. But in many cases, you know, it can be a cold relationship with doctors, especially doctors who are not your own, those who are just taking care of someone in a hospital setting. Again, no criticism. That's just a reality. So this was a, a different type of experience. And I can tell you something that my mother in the last couple of weeks of her life appreciated very much. She really connected to her and and understood there was somebody on the other side of her who was trying their hardest to get her, you know, better as fast as possible. So big shout out to Dr. Carrington. Absolutely. She's probably cringing right now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, she is also one of the biggest gifts that Calvary has to offer to the community. No question about it. Very special staff. The 11th of November, which is this coming Wednesday night, it's called From Darkness to Light, Restoring Life to a Sacred Torah Scroll. It's happening at the 92nd Street. Why? Calvary Hospital invites you to be part of this amazing celebration. Rabbi Rothberger, explain how this uh, sacred Torah scroll and its restoration has uh, become a Calvary event. So this is also the doing of, um, of course, our executive medical director, Dr. Michael Brescia. And we received this Torah scroll in 1987. One of the chaplains at Calvary at the time uh, wrote out to um, Westminster, the the, uh, Memorial Scrolls Trust of the Westminster Synagogue in England. These Torah scrolls were about 1,564 of them were rescued from Czechoslovakia. They were looted, of course, and they were saved after the war. And they were brought to um, the Westminster Synagogue. And the Memorial Scrolls Trust since then has been distributing the Sifrei Torah to various shuls, congregations, schools, hospitals uh, throughout the world. So they could either be used, displayed, or however you would like. About two years ago, uh, we get um, a condition report request from the uh, Memorial Scrolls Trust that they want to see what's going on with your Sefer Torah. And um, the uh, Sofram from Sofer on site in Florida, Rabbi Gedalia Druin came down and he evaluated the Sefer Torah. And after going through from end to end, he found that um, we can restore the Sefer Torah. Wow. And there is, a, there is wow. extensive work that needs to be done. Uh, holes have to be patched up in the cloth, and uh, creases have to be taken out. Of course, letters have to be rewritten. But he said that this Torah can be restored back to kosher status so it can once again be used. Symbolic, by the way, for your facility, whose main goal is to restore people back to their glorious self. It fits in so well with our mission of where life continues and part of it is continuing the life of a sacred Sefer Torah or sacred Torah scroll that this way we're able to continue the Calvary mission of um, restoring life and um, the hospital was very excited Dr. Brescia especially uh, with this project and um, 
We uh, are going to um, begin with this kickoff ceremony. Rabbi Moshe Druin from Sofran Site will be with us Wednesday evening at the 92nd Street Y. And uh, we were, are going to be starting the event, uh, please God, Wednesday evening. All right, there you go. And the uh, Calvary Hospital invites everybody. It's not just to be there at the event, and of course we want everyone to come out and to be part of this great uh, event. But in addition to that, you are uh, giving uh, dedication opportunities, people to uh, buy letters, verses, etc., special passages of the Torah, uh, not a foreign concept for those who've done a Hechnasa Sefer Torah or have restored Torahs in the past. How do people get information about all of this? If they want to uh, participate in that way, what should they do? So the first thing is they can go on to uh, the website, www.calvaryhospital.org slash Torah Restoration. They can go onto that website or they can call either myself at Calvary at 718-518-2193 or also uh, contact Leslie Bernstein at Calvary at 718-518-2078. All right, and same thing for the, if they want information about the event itself, they Absolutely. could do that as well at that uh, phone number. Um, does the does the relationship with Yeshiva University continue? Is there still a... Uh... The relationship still continues, and uh, we are actually planning right now um, a group. We're also, we've extended our relationship further into the community. Uh, we're working together with NASC, National Association of Chere Kadisha, with Rabbi Yochanan Zone, wow. and we are planning a... A, uh, a Yom Yun for uh, Rabbanim, community rabbis, which we will be discussing end-of-life medical terminology, what Rabbanim need to know in order to make Sakhalacha, uh, based on medical decisions. When is this happening? This will be happening, Bezras Hashem, on December 17th, Thursday, December 17th at Calvary. Wow. In the hospital itself? In the hospital itself. The, the goal is also for not only the Rabbanim to learn about the um, you know what we do, but it's also to see firsthand what Calvary is about. That it is a viable option for families who need our type of services. Right, understood. Uh, bereavement support is something that the hospital has been extremely active in. Correct? Absolutely. There's at least a 13 month bereavement program. They have a very strong uh, bereavement program. Uh, bereavement groups meet, of course, in the Bronx. They are the, now they're starting to extend them. To Manhattan, they also extend in Brooklyn as well. They're, all the breathing classes are free and open to the public. Right. And if somebody lives in an area that it's a little bit far... They are welcome to uh, call the bereavement office, and they are able to, we can connect them to a uh, bereavement group that's more convenient to them. And I was told that the Dawn Green Hospice marked its first anniversary at the Mary Manning Walsh Home. How does this expand the hospital's mission? So this expands the hospital mission that this is an inpatient hospice unit. So as opposed to the hospital, it's a little bit of a different level of care. But it does bring the services of Calvary to Manhattan. It's uh, located. Yeah, <laughs> it's located. It's located right near um, Sloan Kettering. It's oh. about four, three, four blocks down on York Avenue. Right. We have ten beds there on the fifteenth floor of Mary Manning Walsh, and just like Calvary, you know, they're very respectful to every culture, especially those that, you know, the the hospital's a Catholic institution. Before a Jewish patient will come in, the crucifix will come off the wall. Right. So that will apply also in the Mary Manning Walsh home. Uh, we have all that set up there. So if people want the services of Calvary, uh, if it's going to be inpatient hospice, that, you know, it's a little hard for them to take care of families to take care of the patients at home, they can come to the Mary Manning Walsh home on uh, York and 71st. They are sensitive to everything. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. And it's uh, it says here family-centric, and there's no question that... The doctors and the staff 
feel they're not just treating a patient, they're really treating, quote-unquote, the family. Well, we don't admit a patient. We admit a family. And the family is part of us when they come in. And once you're part of the Calvary family, you're always part of the Calvary family. And the other thing is also, as people who don't make it out of Calvary, the covered acharon, the final respects that are paid to the deceased and to the family. Yet another topic I could speak with on authority. Or which authority. are, which we do it, we've gone through this with Rabbi Zone, we work with all the Chere Kaddishas in the, in the area, uh, the various funeral homes, Hebrew Free Burial, we've also made arrangements with various funeral homes for people that can't afford graves to make it more usable and e- accessible for them to be able to uh, Make sure that they give the proper respect and dignity to their loved ones at the time. And yeah. we've also just came out with a um, gift from the Amar family, uh, whose uh, their mother, mother-in-law, Toby Jabitsky, passed away at Calvary uh, last year. They donated these cards, which <laughs> these were the instructions I'd given you at the time, Nachum, on yeah. paper. Yeah. But now they're all laminated and ready for families of instructions what to do at the time when the Neshama leaves us. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, you've thought of it all. Um, I, I invite everybody to be there on Wednesday night. You'll find out more about uh, Calvary and their dedication to our community. And in general, especially if you're in the medical field, but anybody out there who thinks that they could be of service, I'm highly recommending it. I think one of the reasons that they're so effective when it comes to our community is, in fact, because of the rabbi who sits across from me, but I don't want to embarrass him too much. Uh, Wednesday night, the reception is 5.30, the program at 6.30 at the 92nd Street Y. It's called Restoring Life to a Sacred Torah Scroll. You're all invited to be there as the memorial scroll. Uh, the dedication, the uh, the the uh, beginning of this process will be marked at the 92nd Street Y in Lexington Avenue in New York. Uh, you can uh, email Y Rivera, that's letter Y Rivera at calvaryhospital.org, Y Rivera at calvaryhospital.org. Information if you go to the Calvary Hospital website. And uh, for more information by phone, 718 576 2809, right? 718, rather, 576 2809. Herbert Rothberger? I want to thank you, Nachum. A pleasure. Just with the. Um you know, we, we, Give we me send, one second. It's yeah. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM DA, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world in the web, jmm.org. And you wanted to end with something significant for today. Yes, today's Dafyomi, which was Sota uh, Yedalid. It really gives a little bit of a sim- symbolism to what, what Calvary is about and what we are about as a people in Darish Rav Simlai, Tart Chilasag Milas Chasadim, Visofag Milas Chasadim. And we know that when, at the beginning of the Torah, that when, when, uh, Adam and Chava were in, uh, after the, after the Chet, Hashem gave them clothing. So God did, performed acts of kindness to them. As the Pasuk says, Vayas Hashem Lokim Ladam Lishto Kasno Sor Vayabishem, God gave them clothing. And then, Sofag Milas Chasadim, the end of the Torah ends with Milas Chasadim, with kindness, where God buries Moses, God buries Moshe, right. and we, we know that, and this is definitely our mission, and I just want to take one more moment of Hakaras Tova to my family for putting up with the crazy schedule that <laughs> we have to uh, go through and for understanding when the phone calls come in late at night or after hours, and uh, 
it's truly appreciated. And uh, a shout out to my, my niece and nephew who are very avid listeners to JM and the AM. And we want to thank you, Nachum, for the opportunity and the time. And hopefully no one should ever need us. But if they do, I'll quote Dr. Bresha. When Rabbi Willig, Rav Schechter, and Rav Tendler, and Rav Neuberger came to Calvary, remember we gave them the tour, and Rabbi Willig said, I wish the Jewish community had a place like this. And Dr. Bresha turned to them and said, you do. It's called Calvary. It's your home also. Phenomenal. Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger, he's a director of, uh, he's actually Jewish Community Liaison of Pastoral Services up at Calvary Hospital. Good luck Wednesday night. I hope it's a major success. Thank you, Nachum. We hope so, too. JM and the AM continues with music from Ohad here at the, uh, on JM in the AM.
with Avi Miller out of Israel, song called Vishavti. Before that, Ohad. Uh, we may speak with Ohad later in the week. For those of you who are just tuning in, last hour we made the big announcement. We made the announcement about taking our message of Jewish unity to Europe. We made the announcement that today, today on the 9th of November, on the 27th of Mar Cheshvan, we are reaffirming our decades-long commitment to Jewish unity. And I have a feeling that Ohad's going to be joining us at some point to speak about this topic, and you'll understand why when we speak with him on the air. Uh, Monday morning at JM in the AM. Well, there's no secret. When Jay Booksbaum's in our studio, it means he's got some interesting guests with him. It's not a secret. The only time that you're with uh, Jay Booksbaum and he doesn't have an interesting guest with him, let me think, can't think of any time. He's usually surrounded by interesting people. Jay Booksbaum, who is the number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth. I don't know about the other planets, Jay. I don't know. I don't know what's happening on the other planets in the solar system. Mars, we're working on it. Are you working yeah. on it? You think you can get the number one spot there also? Go see the movie. It's fantastic. What's the main... We're, we're, we're growing not potatoes. We're growing <laughs> grapes up what's there your main, already. What's your main competition on Mars in terms of number one sommelier? Is it a guy we can get rid of really easily or not? I need to it's know. It's the rover. <laughs> That's what it is. It's, it's a machine. Yes. You're up against the machine. So Jay is here. He's the number one, world's co- the number one kosher wine sommelier on the planet. He is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word? When you walk around, you are a, not just sommelier, what's the word? When someone's a wine expert, a um, con- connoisseur. Connoisseur. You're a connoisseur of great kosher wine. Absolutely. And uh, today, just when you might have thought that you have brought to us the complete catalog of great kosher wine, that there's no other vineyard or winery that you could bring us with an interesting story, look what happens. We have another very interesting guest with you. This we morning. certainly do. How is that possible that you're able to do this? I don't know. I don't know what magic you use, Mr. Bookspam. <laughs> it's incredible. I uh, take this opportunity to welcome Mr. Lionel Bakubsa. Mr. Lionel Bakubsa, uh, from France, I assume, uh, is here visiting with uh, Jay Bookspam. He'll be touring around the traditional places that Jay tours on one of these excursions, yes. no doubt traveling all through New York and New Jersey and likely other places as well, Mr. Bookspam. Absolutely. You'll be everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of familiar names, a lot of people that we know will be greeting Lionel, right? He's he's a. If you talk about French wine history, yeah, not just kosher, but he's only kosher. But it's amazing. I mean, you know, there is a real history there. Oh my gosh, they've been doing this for in France for well, he can tell you. But. Well, Lionel, I was told, and my researchers have indicated. That now your family is in this business for six generations. Yes, I'm the sixth generation of uh, Bokopsas uh, doing kosher uh, wine and spirits. 
And it all started uh, in 1850 with my great, 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 great grandfather. And uh, now I'm the sixth generation working with my two cousins in Paris. Wow. And in the 1850s, it began in Tunisia. Yes. Tunisia. Eventually, the family got to France. Yes, in the 60s. It's, we, we, we have lived in Tunisia uh, till 1960s. Wow. Yeah. And, and in Tunisia, they were making wine? Yes, of course. Yeah. Interesting. We were the but of one. course. I know uh, you love the accent. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm a little bit used to it by now. I'm sorry the, for my accent. I, I'm no, are you uh, kidding me? With all, with our all, listeners love this. With all the conversations with Nahum Siegel Network translator Sam Levy, I'm uh, <laughs> a little bit you. used to it now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> always have to remote the fact when you have a connection to France, yeah, yeah. after all. All right, so Tunisia. Then you end up, uh, end up, and you, you, uh, you and your family make your way over to France. Yes. And um, what is the, uh, th- 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 this wine is under what label? How do we find this? What is the uh, name of the... Uh, uh, my job is actually to, to choose some wineries in France, uh, non-kosher, and to convince the winemaker to make a small portion of uh, his production in kosher. Is that a difficult thing to it's do? Sometimes it's very easy because I talk to very comprehensive people and we are professionals, so we have a good reputation. But sometimes it's very complicated because it's a, they are great, great, great famous chateau and the winemaker doesn't usually like to see other people coming in, in his winery. Give us an example. Yeah. Of, you have some names of some of the uh, chateaux that uh, you do. We have, for example, Chateau, Chateau Tertre de Gué, which is the Grand Cru of Saint-Emilion, a very wow. popular wine in France. Try and to spell that book, man. Tertre de Gué. <laughs> Tertre de Gué. It's, very, it's a very famous uh, wine in France. And it was complicated to convince the family because usually it's family businesses. The, the, yeah, the, the wine business. Yeah, yeah. So... But we are professionals. So. But, but you see, and Jay, you can also uh, speak to this. I'm always under the impression that if you go to somebody in any industry that is a regular, secular, non-kosher product, and you try to convince them to go, go kosher, the, the restrictions, the rules, the process is always a turnoff. Is that not the case here? Are there people who are willing to go through this in order to produce a kosher yeah, it's wine? It's much more so in the wine Yeah, I can only imagine. Because, you know, in, in other areas, it's a yotze v'nichnas right. very often Here, by you the gotta wine. you got to be so on top of it. Yeah. So yeah. How, are, how are they able to even agree to it? Like, how are you able to convince them to do this? Because, again, we are lucky um, because we have a very good reputation. In France, my name, the Bokopsa family, in the wine small wine world in France right. has a very good pr- reputation and it's all about professionalism when we submit our kosher winemaking process to the winemaker he sees when he reads the, the whole process of getting all things kosher that we are professionals and sometimes he has already heard about our family so it's it works. Yeah, you know, it works, you know it's yeah. really beautiful about works. this kind of stuff. We live in a day and age when everything is electronic, right. you know. The hardcore, you know, blah sure. blah blah. But this is all it seems to me this is all about relationships yeah. and being able to communicate, you know, uh, the same thing in a way that is acceptable that may be difficult if you don't if you don't have the relationship acumen. No question about so it. They're, they're really good at that. It's all these face-to-face encounters, Mr. Bookspam, right? What, what other chateau? Uh, uh, give me an example of one of the first chateaus that are really. Oh, um, we, we we it's been 25 years now that we are working with the Chatelier 
family who is making uh, uh, Chateau d'Arver and Chateau Cantelodet, we are, which are very popular wine in France. Not expensive, but it's been 25 years that we are working with them, and it's actually Chateau great family. It, when, it, when yeah. it comes out as a kosher product, is it the same name? Is it the yeah. same? It's the yeah. same everything. Yes. And are these all, and now the big question for you all the time, when you bring us a special guest from outside the United States, are these available here or not? Yes. Every single one of the wines that he just mentioned, Chateau Duvert, uh, Chateau um, Cantelludet, Chateau Tetre Duguay, uh, they are all, and you, you see how I say that in yeah. my nice French accent? Bad. I like I that. Like right? For a Williamsburg boy, it's <laughs> pretty good. A nice Yiddish Bucher from Williamsburg. I like that. But really, uh, they're all available here. And you know what's interesting about them? In some cases, some of these chateaus that are available in France are not available in America as non-kosher, and they're only available as kosher in America. Right. Yes, that's true, because sometimes it's small wineries, and then ha- they don't have an- enough money to promote their wine Understood. in the U.S. I hate to ask this question, sure, go ahead. but, you know, I'm so curious, I can't help myself. Does, does the quality suffer at all when it becomes kosher? Does the process do anything that that would do we are we drinking a different product than they are drinking on a regular dinner table in France? This is yours, Lionel. Go ahead, <laughs> tell us. I, I would say absolutely not. R- literally, yeah, ab- absolutely not. Sometimes the wine is mevushal, right? It means boiled Correct. like half a second, um, but it doesn't affect the quality of the wine. Undetectable difference. Undetectable. I, I would say that it's, it has a difference in terms of uh, aging of the wine. When it's Mevushal, sometimes it, it won't age at, as a regular wine, but not all, not all the kosher wines are Mevushal. Right. Uh, I've heard actually, and I've actually heard this from wine, French winemakers themselves, non-kosher French winemakers that make kosher cuvées for us, that have said, you know, because of the harvest and the way you forced us to of do it, course, yes. your wine this year is better than ours. Oh, so certain years it, will be even better. It happened to me. It happened to me five years ago. The the winemaker of a chateau told me, I, I'm very jealous of you because <laughs> your kosher wine is better than my non-kosher. You have the vintner begging you for a bottle of kosher wine. <laughs> Please send back one of those bottles of kosher wine. Really? Unbelievable. Lionel Bakupsa is in our studio. Jay Booksbaum is here, of course, the number one world's kosher wine sommelier. As we talk about the uh, uh, the wines, would this be a proper term, boutique winery, or there, this would be much larger than that? I think. Or would you have no, no. These, these, by American standards and by yes, it would be called boutique wineries Which for the I most part. Which I think is generally a compliment. Right? Yeah, but they, but in 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 France, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Lionel, mm-hmm. they call them you know small chateaus. Right. Small yeah. estates. I guess we, we would say a specialty wine or something like that, right? Yes, that yes. Thing, we, right? My family has always uh, uh, been focused on, on, on quality. Right. And uh, this was the most important thing we tried to do with our wines. And it doesn't matter the, the, the size of the, of the winery. We try to choose only passionate people and usually family business and... Uh, and try to focus on quality again. All right. All right. Uh, you live in Paris? Yes. And you've been inside the Grand Synagogue? Yes, of course. <laughs> you can tell me how amazing it is, right? I'll, yeah. I'll be there soon. I'm going to be visiting there because of this incredible yeah. initiative that we have. I'll be there very soon. But you can tell me it's remarkable and spectacular. Yes. Yes. It's really the most beautiful synagogue of France, of course. Um, what are things like almost a year later in Paris? How are things in your community in Paris now? Uh, 
I would say um, we are lucky that the the French uh, Jewish community is very united since uh, the attacks of uh, last year. Last year. Wow. And um, but actually, the the it, it really depends of of where you actually living. Right. There are some very nice areas, like where I live, for example, and I can say that for my whole life I never suffered of anti-Semitism. Never. But there are some Jews in France who are living in, in suburbs and they are living a nightmare every day. Wow. Every day. But wow. I would like to defend France because it's my country yeah. and I love France and I'm very sad when I see Jewish people leaving France for Israel or for the United States. So I would like uh, to say to the Jewish people of France that they have to stay in France even if it's difficult, even if it's hard but I can understand some Jewish people are leaving France because right. they are living a nightmare every day well, I mean, it's the timing of your visit is unbelievable that we made this announcement today about just our, today, right? Just this today, morning. just this morning and, wow. and the leadership in Paris has been so excited about this message because our message is simply we want to celebrate life mm -hmm. in Paris and just let everyone there know that people around the world feel this kinship to them. That's really the, our entire message. And it seems that uh, Jewish music and Jewish radio is a good way to communicate. And certainly message. Jewish wine. And Jewish <laughs> wine is a good way to communicate that message. So the, interesting. So uh, are, you walk into a kosher restaurant in Paris. Your wines are there? Yeah, sure. They're everywhere, right? Yes, but I, I, I have to say something. Yeah, I, sure. I'm, my family is doing kosher wine, right. and we are also doing a, a spirit, right. a fig brandy, which is very popular in France, and it's called the Bucha, and it's very... Now, I've had my, fig brandy. Yes, is it likely have, it I is. had theirs? Yes. That's the fig that brandy? That is the one. Yes. Seriously. But there's, no, there's none other. Well, there, there are others, but this is the I, one. It's like... I've had it. Yeah. I had to talk about it because my family is also very popular because of this alcohol. I had to say that. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> My family's popular because of the alcohol they provide. Yeah, you usually the most popular guy in the hey, room is the one providing the alcohol. With right? the good scotch or the good bourbon exactly. or the good buka. And so how do we find it? Is this another retail item we could find? Yes. What yes. do we do? What do we look for? What do we, is it's it called, called Bucha, and it's in a really interesting, wonderful shaped bottle, like a square bottle. Um, and it's, it's a fig brandy. It's kind of like, uh, if you, you know, if you would make vodka... Right. Out of out of figs, that's what Bucha. It's actually it's an eau de vie, and eau, eau de, de vie, vie means um, uh, a spirit uh, distilled from fruit and only fruit, nothing added, nothing, not right. alcohol. And actually, this um, this spirit was created my, by my great 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 grandfather in the 19th century because this was their first product. He needed a, a, a kosher spirit to make Shabbat. Because uh, there were no grapes at this time in Tunisia, right. so he was a farmer. He was uh, growing some citrus and some fruits in his garden, so he tried to make something with his fruits, alcohol. When you do something for a mitzvah, it lasts for it's 150 unbelievable. years. Unbelievable. It? Unbelievable, is right. Uh, is that their most famous? Is that the first? Is that the first spirit that they, that they released as a family? Was this yes, one? Yes, yes. Are there others that are based on fruit? Or it's no, a only, big only brandy. This, That's yes. the no, one. You know what's interesting about Bucha, though? It's not just for the kosher community. In fact, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not that familiar with the French market. It's primarily not, you know, it's primarily it's a general market item. Yes, more than that. In Tunisia, uh, in Tunisia, it's it became the national drink of Tunisia. 
Even That's with pretty the, cool. Even That's with, pretty cool. Even That's with the cool. Arabs and, and Muslims. And in France, it's very popular in, in all communities. Wow. All communities. All right, if I'm in France on Shabbos, i got to make Kiddush on the uh, fig brandy. This Shabbos, everybody go out and get a bottle of Bucha. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> funny. You're always promoting Israeli wines for this week. We're, hey. going, we're going for the fig brandy for hey, Shabbos baby. morning. Simple as that. <laughs> All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, uh, we've welcomed Lionel Bakubsa into our studio. He's in charge of export for uh, Bucha production process, named obviously after the, the initial spirit, the only spirit that uh, your family has made, the fig brandy. And uh, what is going to happen now over the next... How long will he be in the United States with you? We're doing a, uh, a really high-end... It's already sold out. Oh, you can't announce events that are sold out. Everyone's going to be <laughs> jealous. We're doing a really high-end dinner tonight. Can we sneak in somehow? With press, and you can always sneak <laughs> Not a in. chance. Uh. We'll put you... you know, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, chair by the bathroom. Designated area. You know, no problem. Um, <laughs> Or you could be the mashkiach for tonight. Now we're do the tasting. As that, a, good use of my time. Really, at a, like at a really great restaurant in Brooklyn, actually. Really? Called Chagall. Boy, oh so boy. there's going to be a, a wine and food pairing dinner there. That's and what, like Fifth Avenue or so? Something like yeah. that. And he's Right near Barclays Center. Yeah. yeah. And he's visiting uh, retailers and restaurants throughout the city. Uh, and uh, You going to make it over to Leo, or you don't know yet? I think he's already been to Leo, but you I'm not already? sure. I'm not I sure. So. You were already at Leo's? So he's got plenty of fig brandy. Lipa. I know, Lipa, you Williamsburg guys. But he's got plenty of fig brandy there. <laughs> yes, he's got I walk he's in got there the Friday. I have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. I'm West Englewood Avenue. Yeah. Teaneck, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Leo's amazing. Plug, plug, plug. Leo is amazing. That's all I can tell guy. you. He's amazing. So there you have it, everybody. All right. Uh, so just the, uh, the, what can you tell our consumers? Because I can't pronounce it and I can't spell it. What should they be looking for in terms of the wine? The people know. Go ahead. Name name four of your chateaus okay. that are First here. Of all, um, but all under the name of what that people should look for? No, no. The, the Bacupsa on the back. All Bacupsa. All Bacupsa okay. imports. Or so they go to Leo seriously and say Bacupsa wines. He knows what they're Bacupsa wines. About. Yes. Show yeah, me yeah. your selection of Bacupsa wines, right. and you can't go wrong. Right. That's yes. a good way to look at it. Yes. Some they, they, they should try the the Sancerre. We oh, have, which wonderful. I, I, I should, I, you know, I, I'm so glad you mentioned the Sancerre specifically because. You know, I deal with this all the time. The entire Jewish community, as a rule, wants to uh, only drink red wines. Right. And I'm a big, I'm a big soapbox guy when it comes to whites. Right. They're much more uh, flexible. They, you know, on a Tuesday night with your spaghetti, you're not having a heavy red right. or a heavy Bordeaux. You want something fresh and light and delicious and complex too. And so Sancerre is is an example of that. I mean, it's a white wine. Right. It's made out of primarily Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, sure. And uh, in fact, all Sauvignon Blanc, correct? Yes, 100. percent And uh, there's an example of a. So great I should white make wine. that a judgment. I should get away from the beer on Tuesday night with my spaghetti and go with this one. Go say. go with a nice okay. chilled Sancerre from Bucapsa. Because Tuesday nights with my spaghetti, you know, that's one of my, <laughs> one of my high priority times when it comes to a good drink. But I'm glad you mentioned that, that's, that people could specifically ask for that and they <clears throat> can find it in the stores. All right, there you have it. Uh, yet another <coughs> interesting winemaker uh, that Jay Booksbaum has escorted into our studio. Lionel Tadaraba, thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much. Merci. De rien, monsieur. Whoa. I better, I, what I, does that mean? I know what merci yeah. means. I better learn what that one means. You're welcome. Doria. Doria, say it again. De rien. Dorian, Dorian. Oh, Monsieur is, is Sir, right? Right. Dorian, Monsieur. 
I got to brush up on my French if I'm going to announce any of these. There, yeah. If I'm going to announce any of these and acts I, and, in France. And uh, Lionel's telling us that he might want to be involved. You know, the family might want to yeah. be involved. I greatly yeah. appreciate that. We need all the support we can get, and it's going to be an initiative that I think is going to make a lot of people feel very good. So thank you very much for that. Lionel Bacupsa, he is uh, here from France. 150 years, his family's in the wine business. You can walk into any of the retailers and ask. And um, I thank you very much for being here this morning. Thank you. And Jay, thank you so much. <laughs> Always a pleasure to see you. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here on a Monday morning. It's only Monday. Wow. On a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the A.
JM in the AM, and um, that's Nochi Crone with S-R-A-N-I. I am so overwhelmed by some of the reception that we are getting to the big announcement that was made in the 7 o'clock hour this morning. For those of you who are not tuned in, and it'll certainly be available online later. Um, we have been, we've, we've been about a message of Jewish unity for decades here at JM and AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. That's what the, uh, to, to whatever degree, to whatever degree we could unify, to whatever degree we could promote Jewish unity. And, um, today we reaffirmed this decade long, decades long commitment to Jewish unity with the announcement of this Initiative of traveling to Paris during Hanukkah 5776, broadcasting from there, expressing our love and solidarity for our brothers and sisters in France, and presenting a Jewish music event that will be one of the most spectacular sights ever in the sanctuary with the incredible cooperation of the Consistoire in Paris, in the sanctuary of the Grand Synagogue of Paris, built in 1874. And everybody who hears of this idea, unless they are holding back, unless we're not hearing from the right people, but I have a feeling we are, <laughs> everybody we hear from is so, so thrilled by this whole concept. A lot of app comments have come in this morning. Uh, started out with some app comments this morning. Uh, tuned in on I-95 in Maryland. Thank you for that. Trucker Yitz in Jersey City. Thank you, Trucker Yitz. Right close by to us. Um, listener Moshe writes to us, Great idea, Nahum and Miriam. Reminds me of the inaugural simultaneous international menorah lighting about 25 years ago. Thank you. Trucker Yitz with a... French expression on the app, <laughs> testing our knowledge of French at this point. Then, of course, some compliments for Jay Booksbaum, always well-deserved. Uh, a commenter uh, back in our Calvary conversation says, the most important aspect of this about Calvary is that it's a Catholic institution so sensitive to their Jewish patients. Why didn't we mention it? We did mention it. Right? Rothberger did mention it. That's Catholic and, and mentioned some of the things they do to go out of their way to make people even more comfortable there. So, yeah, they deserve a lot of credit. No question about it. And um, someone wrote asking about the understanding the difference between a kosher wine, what distinguishes it from a non-kosher wine, and the process that's imposed on the non-kosher winery. Uh, that's something we, we could explore with Jay at a future time, uh, and we were, we're going to try to do that. Uh, it, we've done it before in terms of um, you know giving the basics on it, and it's something we really should do again. Um, what, it, what is, uh, what are some of the factors that a non-kosher winery has to go through if they want to become kosher? We, we could surmise if a non-kosher product wants to be kosher, you know, what needs to be done, ingredient supervision, etc. With wine, it's gotta be, it, for sure it is, and for sure it has to be so much more complicated. So then one day we should do that. 18 minutes before 9 o'clock, JMM on a Monday with 44 degrees, mostly sunny and a high temperature of 62. Mayor Weingarten coming up at the Israel show. 
The Israel Show. Two professors from Harvard and University of Chicago publicly joined the boycott of Israel, writing, We are lifelong Zionists. Here's why we've chosen to boycott Israel. The Israel Show examines their claims and answers their attacks. The debate continues. Should Israeli athletes compete in international sporting events when forced to hide their identity as Israelis? The Israel Show will do a follow-up on this story, plus a great music mix with lots of great just-released Israeli music. It all happens between 9 and 10 right here at JM and the AM jmnam.org and on the NSN app between 9 and 10 this morning with the Israel Show. Make sure to like the Israel Show Facebook page. The, uh, it's facebook.com slash the Israel Show. This is JM in the AM. Well, shalom and howdy. Hi there, boys and girls and mamas and papas and everybody. It's Uncle Abe here, along with Uncle Ben Sion, Uncle Gedalia, Uncle Ruby, Uncle Menachem, and Uncle Aton in the booth. And we're going to teach you a brand new song right now, something that's really going to be a machaya. So now you get ready, get your feet moving, spot your hand a lot, and here we go. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem.
JM in the AM. That's, of course, Diaspora. Happy birthday to Miri Leitner. Miri Leitner, happy birthday from all of us here at JM. I want to thank our friends at OnlySimplis.com. I have a feeling I know what they're going to be posting about today. <laughs> I have a fa- funny feeling. Uh, OnlySimplis.com has uh, made a commitment not just to uh, spreading word of smachot, but also to um, spreading word about informative and interesting and entertaining news items from around the Jewish world. Check out OnlySimplis.com. Uh, speaking of smachot, um, a mazel tov to Ashani and Chaim Hollander. Their brand new baby girl is named Adina Miriam. Mazel tov. I know we call her Hollander, but hey, her name is really Adina Miriam. Mayor Weingarten, the next live edition of the Israel Show is minutes away right after JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in and like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Make sure to do that. Uh, wanna wish a mazel tov to Jordana Bienenfeld and Alone Malin. The wedding was last night. Special mazel tov. Dr. And Mrs. Cheryl and Jay Bienenfeld. Mr. and Mrs. Josh Malin. I said earlier in the show that, um, the moment I got home, I was shown videos and pictures from the wedding. I'll tell you, living in this era is something. Uh, we were looking at videos and pictures the second they were happening. It was really cool. Anyway, Mazel Tov, George and Alon, Mazel Tov to you from all of us here at the JM and the AM. Um, I want to thank everybody, Rothberger. The event at the 92nd Street Y is Wednesday night on behalf of Calvary Hospital and that Safer Torah, the beginning of that Safer Torah restoration. Everyone should try their best to be there for that. 36th annual dinner in the 30 years of gala weddings for Bris Avram happens this coming uh, Saturday. Uh, this coming Sunday at the Sheraton Parsippany. If you don't have the reservations in yet for the Bris Avram dinner, 908-289-0770, 908-289-0770. want to welcome those Chabad Shluchim who are in. And we're at the uh, big um, uh, Kinnis HaShluchim last night. I saw some of it online. I was upset that I was not there, but uh, I thank all those who invited me. It was it's always nice to be uh, to be considered and it's been great the uh, the one time I was able to go was just phenomenal. So a welcome to all the shluchim who are here from different countries. Want to welcome those who are in from out of town for Kosher Fest. Kosher Fest begins tomorrow. A lot of people heading in today to this area from different parts of the country. So if you're here for Kosher Fest or coming in, welcome. I want to thank the folks at the Shabbat Arad. It was an amazing, amazing night. I mean, the truth is it was an amazing Shabbos. Uh, I was there Saturday night. I could tell you how incredible that was. Really an amazing Shabbos and an incredible Saturday night program. So to Rav Kamener and to everybody who made it such a really incredible evening, thank you for including me. And to the folks at Achiezer, and especially to the Wolman family who made the broadcast possible yesterday, the folks at Achiezer, what a job you've done. Rabbi Bender and your staff, what a job you have done. So many people benefited from yesterday's gathering in Queens for the Elder Care Plus Conference. Kolakavod to you. Achiezer there for everybody. I'm glad we were able to be there for them this time around. Well, here's Ohad. I have a feeling we're going to be playing a lot of Ohad over the next month or so. What do you think? Here he is at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. That's Ohad. Ready to wrap things up here on a Monday morning broadcast. Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show coming up next on jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Uh, I want to thank my friend, uh, Mr. Aronson, who reminds me that uh, tonight, the 9th of November in 1938, was pogrom night in Germany. Kristallnacht. 1,500 synagogues and prayer houses were put on fire and destroyed. Thousands of men taken to camps. There's an event tonight in Yulit of Achnasa Sefer Torah that was hidden in the Holocaust. Yulit East Rockaway Jewish Center. That happens 8 p.m. tonight on Main Street in East Rockaway, New York, out on Long Island. Information, TorahRP.org. TorahRP.org. It's a 170-year-old Torah that survived the pogrom night called Kristallnacht. My thanks to Mr. Aronson for that reminder, a very important one. We wrap things up on a Monday morning with Simcha Liner at JM in the AM. everybody who's been contacting me with excitement regarding our our latest Jewish Unity Initiative, Paris for Hanukkah 5776. Plenty more details to come. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Wraps up a great Monday. Thank you to Robert Rothberger. Thank you to our guests uh, from the uh, world of kosher wine. Thank you to uh, all of you for tuning in. And... Um, We'll have plenty more starting tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Mayor Weingarten is next with The Israel Show. Make sure to like The Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And stay tuned at jmnam.org and on the NSN app for another fabulous program. He just keeps churning them out week after week, and I thank him for that. Great day on our stream all day long at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. So just keep us going no matter where you are. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.